Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another episode of the Storybox Podcast, where I, your esteemed host, Jay Phantom, has the utmost privilege and honor to unbox amazing stories from incredible people twice a week. I'm delighted and grateful that you're here today. Now let's dive into the Storybox and hear more about our guest today. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Storybox Podcast. I'm Jay Phantom. This week, everyone, I have two people on the show with me today. They are Rob and Dan, and they are the founders and owners of a legendary cafe, very profitable and very well-known out in Cronulla called Blackwood Pantry. Now, I did this episode uh, quite a while ago before the mass problems with COVID and everything like that with the hospitality industry and all the struggles that were involved with that. And what I will say is that Rob and Dan are resilient and they came up with some amazing ideas throughout COVID to keep their business in business, you should say. But on this episode, we get to talking about really Rob and Dan's definitions of success, what that actually looks like to them, how they both met, whose idea it was to begin Blackwood Pantry in the first place. I guarantee you won't know. Uh, Rob's journey as a chef in the hospitality industry and Dan's journey in the hospitality game as well. The challenges they've had to face pre-COVID, uh, unfortunately, we, get, we didn't get to talking about post-COVID challenges. Who knows? It might be part two um, out there somewhere. And basically packing out Blackwood Pantry on a consistent basis. So they they share the journey behind that. This is a, a really, really fascinating episode. I was really thrilled and really honored and humbled as well to speak to these guys. They have a lot of advice and their journey and their story is really, really incredible. So I'm going to shut up now and allow you guys to jump in the story box along with me and let's hear Rob and Dan's story. So I'm here with Dan and Rob and they're both the owners of Blackwood Pantry here in Cronulla. So before we get into sort of the history and the story of Blackwood Pantry, I usually have a question that sort of gets everything started, and that is, what is success? What, is, what does success look like to you guys? Who wants to? Go for it, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my idea of success is changing as as I get a little older. Um, success for me used to mean a lot more of material wealth. And uh, definitely living, you know, a, a higher level of lifestyle. And as I get older, I feel as though it's more leaning towards better relationships. Um, 
any of the relationships you have with your partner and making sure that that partner that you've chosen is actually, it's actually potentially the most important decision we'll ever make in our whole entire life. That, mm-hmm. that, that is the right decision for you and, you know, the people around you. Um, you know, I'm becoming a lot more closer to my family as I get older and my partner has been the catalyst for that. So it's, it's little things like that and I'm obviously becoming really close to her family and that's, for me, what success is more so mm. becoming, you know, amazing relationships. Mm. And how about for you, Rob? I think, um, yeah, just bouncing off that, I think it's, for me, I guess if I'm happy in what I do, whether it be my personal or business relationships, I guess happiness is a massive thing. Um, and that, for me, means success. It doesn't mm. have to be how much I'm earning, what am I owning, what car do I drive, what house do I have? It's more so am I waking up every morning and I'm genuinely happy with what I do and myself. So how can someone find happiness? I guess you know if you wake up in the morning and you've got a spring in your step and you're bouncing out of bed because you actually want to do things and you've got something to work towards and grow and whether it be business or you know your relationship with your partners and families Dan kind of said Mm. um you know like if you wake up unhappy in the morning you're unhappy you know it you feel it you know and you're maybe it might be because you're underachieving or you actually want to achieve more or you're striving for more do I mean but if you're actually pursuing that and achieving those goals I think you're is it something that the night before you tell yourself I'm gonna wake up happy no, no, yeah. I think it's just like Dan and I obviously um, we're very busy, we've got the business and other things that we do, but I mm. think because our minds are always occupied and we're doing some things that we genuinely love, that it's kind of easy to wake up in the morning because it's not like, yeah, it's great to have those days where you wake up and say, oh, this is the day where I'm just going to switch off, but yeah. you're looking forward to stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. Sorry, and I think if I can add to that, like where I find people find happiness is from purpose. Yeah. And I think having a purpose in anything that we do, right, within the relationship and business, career, Mm. um, I think having purpose and coming from a place of purpose brings progress and I feel like progress brings momentum and that leads to, to happiness. Yeah. Because that kind of segued into my next question, which was how does someone find their purpose? Falls in your lap. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden. Yeah, Yeah. I think think amazing question. And I think it's funny because I think we're at this age now and definitely our generation, everybody is more so questioning why am I here, what am I going to do, purpose, happiness, fulfillment and career. And it's this thing that I think a lot more of us are now searching for mm. fulfillment, right? And I think we're taking time to really ponder that before we just jump into a lifelong career. I think people are more so open to chopping and changing careers now. And I think we're all open to mindfulness and personal development and health and exercise. And that's, that's what's really, I think it's a holistic sphere mm. that helps find one's purpose. So how did you both 
we'll go with you first, Anne. How did you find your purpose? Was there a specific catalyst for you? <laughs> yeah, it's heavy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I think, yeah, I think I probably for me would have been at the age of 24. Mm. Everything up until 24, I would have been living a life that, you know, most people I would say would dream about and would classify as success or the dream, you know, just complete freedom and traveling and having fun as any young male would to a great advantage. And the, the truth is like, I was, I wasn't happy. I was pretty depressed at the time. And I think I started to do a lot of soul searching around why, because in everybody else's eyes, I was living an amazing life, mm. but within, I knew within myself, I wasn't fulfilled and I definitely didn't have any purpose to what I was doing. And from there, I just started reading certain books, um, seeking knowledge from certain people that I respected or I wanted to be like. And I think that was probably the gateway to my journey of self-development and purpose. And don't get me wrong, it's a, lo it, it's a long journey. It's not this overnight thing, I feel. Anyway, that fell on my lap, it's just from my experience, it was definitely years and years and years of of searching mm. yeah mm. how about for yourself rob um i think i was pretty lucky in the sense that um i started doing what i wanted to do at a young age and it was pretty evident for me it was pretty quick that i understood that that's what i wanted to do it was more so on starting out in my career there were so many different avenues you could go down but i wanted to go down that path that was more suited to what i wanted to achieve long term as a goal um, yeah, so I just think, yeah, it was quite easy for me. So for you, Rob, I, I know you were a chef. Yep. Did you always want to be a chef? Um, from a young age, yeah. I think I just, I fell in love with the idea of food and um, being a chef. But obviously it came to a point where, and it happens to a lot of chefs, they kind of decide, what do I want to do from here? I've learned what I've wanted to learn. I've got the skills that I have now. What do I do with that now? Mm. Um, a lot of chefs stay on and they end up working for people. A lot of chefs kind of say, look, it's because it's quite hard. It's yeah. a hard job, long hours and kind of on your feet all day. At a certain age in their 30s, generally, they'll say, look, this is not for me anymore. I want to do something else. Um, or they use that, those skills that they have to to do other things. You know I mean, they mm. can branch out, they open up businesses, they can evolve, they can... Um, and that's what I wanted to go down that path, using those skills to actually do something bigger and better. Mm. Yeah. And what did you do then? Uh, I was in, sorry, I was in real estate. Okay. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Oh, well, through through school, my father owned a cafe. Yep. And what your father kind of does at a young age, sometimes you aspire to be like, and then. I started working in restaurants through school and it was actually my boss and my first job. I worked within a restaurant and kind of like a restaurant bar and this guy was like 25. He was cool. Him and his mates were like the cool guys. Um, they had all the girls with them and I could see he was just bringing joy to all the customers that came into his restaurant. 
creating awesome relationships. And one day I really wanted to be able to do that for myself. Um, eventually I kind of hopped around from different cafe and restaurant. I got poached out of working in a cafe at the time to get into real estate by one of my father's friends and just said, mate, like, you know, there's not much of a career here. You should, you have an amazing, amazing personal skills. You should definitely look at getting to real estate. You can make a lot more money. So I thought about it. I went and did, I think my certificate in real estate, the job that had actually got an offer to me fell through. And I thought, you know what, I might as well give this a go. So I applied for a job. It was actually my first job that I applied for. It was a great job um, working for one of the partners of uh, McGrath Real Estate. Same company I work for. Okay, yeah. amazing. Um, and I was, you know, I was there for probably about six years until I decided I don't love this. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't really love what I'm doing right now. It feels like every day is, is a grind. And it's funny because anybody in hospitality or any business, to be honest, will always tell you it is a grind having your own business, right? Yep. And I think if anyone wants to be successful, it's a grind. We have this idea of, oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be tech or I'm gonna, I'm gonna do anything, it's gonna be overnight money. It, it doesn't exist. It, it's all hard work. And mm -hmm. it's just the difference is now, I, I enjoy the grind. I, I can get up every single day knowing that it's that I'm putting out fires 24-7, but I go to bed, wake up, and I'm ready to do it again. Mm. I think Rob can second me on this one as well. It's like I'll go on a holiday or he'll go on a holiday, and like halfway through the holiday, we're like, I want to get back to work. <laughs> I, I miss it. Your mind starts ticking yeah. away. <laughs> and that, that makes me realize oh, that, man. you know, we're, we're doing the right thing here. We, we do what we really do enjoy. I was the same way, like with that mindset of, we went on a holiday back in 2017 and it was a cruise. It was shocking because you're subjected to this boat, walking around the boat and my mind wouldn't shut off. Like all I wanted to do, all I could think about was going back home, working, doing my business that I was running at the time. But I couldn't, it's hard. It's hard to actually switch off because you love that yeah. ability to do something, to make something of yourself, yeah. I think. So where do you, like, is it part of being a man, you think, like that, that sense of work? Or where do you think that idea, the, the drive, where do you think it comes from? I don't know. I think, I think not, everyone, not everyone has it. Um, mm. I think people, some people love to stay in their, their lane and kind of in that comfort zone and say, look, I'm content with where I am. Yeah. Whether it be working for someone or even a family business, you know, they're accustomed to them, they grew up with it. They're comfortable and there's other people that and then there's obviously different tiers of those other people that just push and they just want to get achieve more i guess and mm. and if you're not obviously like dan said if your brain's not ticking away and you're not eager and, and you know always trying to evolve and find ways to get become better then you'll just be stagnant yeah you can't i don't think there's a lot of stagnant people in the world yeah. from, from what I've seen at least. And it's good to see that you guys, you're definitely not stagnant as not part, of, part, of, part of the owners of Blackwood Pantry. I mean, so getting into uh, moving towards that, how did you two meet? Um, me and Dan have known each other for quite a while. So back when we were 
we went to different high schools, but same mutual friends. Yeah. Um, and just always known each other, always seen each other around, just been friends. Um, when I was uh, probably around the age of 21, 22, I went overseas for about four and a half years. Um, and then towards the end of the term, when I was like starting to miss home, wanted to come back home and actually open up something, Dan actually reached out and said, look, I want to open this up. What are your thoughts? And um, Anisha said no. <laughs> Anisha said no. Um, I'm very like, um, I liked doing things by myself and, you know, um, I've always been very independent. Um, hence why I wanted to go overseas and, you know, learn. And I was always, even though I had friends and, you know, work colleagues, I was always moving around. And every time I moved, it was like you're back to square one, you're by yourself again, and you have to build all those relationships again. So obviously um, I had this mindset of I'm going to come back and do it myself. But then mm. going into logistics of it, a business is a hard thing. And Dan, myself, and we actually have another business partner, Paul, we do very different things within the business. Um, and that's what's going to allow us and has allowed us to obviously expand and grow and open more businesses. We're not, we don't have the weight of the world on our shoulders in the sense that we have to do everything ourselves. You know, Dan is awesome at what he does. Mm. Um, Paul as well and myself, and it works really well together. So, so the structure of Blackwood Pantry, um, so you do most of the... So I'm more back of house operations and yep. menus. Um and systems and Dan is front of house front of house and then Paul our other business partner loves coming to the shop he also works whenever he can um, but he's kind of the get the boys back onto into line kind of he <laughs> he so he obviously pays you know he does the pays he um, pays suppliers he um, gives us a full report weekly of how we're doing financially um, which is super important without that mm. we're kind of working blind Mm. really important so definitely so it's a team effort yeah definitely from all three of you that's that's incredible and so what ended up happening because i know you said no to start off with so what did you change his mind how did you go about changing his mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was funny because at the time we had already had a lease on this site and it was coming closer to essentially handover and Paul and I were thinking, man, we need to find a chef. And then I I had heard that Rob was moving back home. Mm. And I I knew Rob was working in some amazing restaurants and he was very good at what he did. So we re- I reached out to Rob and essentially asked him, I said, listen, I know you're coming back, but you know, we're opening up a shop in a back laneway in Cronulla. Are uh, you looking to get on board? I don't know what you're looking at doing. He said, not in a lame way <laughs> in Cronulla definitely not saw it the first time yeah like, so where's the is this it <laughs> <laughs> is it in the front of the building <laughs> <laughs> he's like there's garbage bins everywhere down the whole laneway I kind of got lost finding this place <laughs> and I said no no but it'll be fine it'll be very Melbourne style we're in a back laneway and I just literally <laughs> tried to pitch it to him and he said, mate, I, I don't think so. And then he said, this nice thing to clear my head. I'm going to go see my family in uh, Jindabyam for the weekend or a week. Just please give me some space. I just need time to think. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, no worries. I'll talk to you when you get back. 
I think I called him every single day. <laughs> every single on, day. On the hour, every Yeah, to the, to the state of him like, Dan, I told you not to call me. Do not call me. That's how, that's how far it's it It's a real got. estate mentality, isn't exactly. it? Yeah. Exactly. Persistence. Exactly. Yeah. Hustle. Yeah. Um, and then eventually just, you know, he just spoke more and more. And I think he met Paul. And again, Paul, Paul's very good at... Convincing? <laughs> convincing. Probably better than anyone he's else persuading, very, like, persuading people. He's just very down to the point. Yeah. Very nice guy. But you know when he says something, like he's thought it through. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a level of trust. Yeah. Definitely a like level yeah. of trust yeah. in Paul. Yeah. Um, so then eventually Rob said yes. And then we were literally, you know, within months away from designing, branding, and then, you know, Rob was here on site building the shop with his own two hands, which we're extremely lucky for. Wow. So trying to save costs, you know, for business, let's save costs where we can. None of us knew anything about building. And I'm terrible with my hands, anything to do with tools. So Rob jumped in there and just absolutely owned it. So how long did it take you to get everything all set up? So the process of, so once you actually say, look, we've got the site, we're signed on it, we're going to start. You sit down with your designers and then you just go. And I think it was like maybe four or five months, four months before we actually got in here. Probably about that time, yeah, four or five about months. Four months. Four months, but then I don't think anyone really understands how much work goes into opening up a hospitality mm. venue. So Literally, yeah. from from designing, you speak to your designers, then to you know your branding, your social media, and then when you walk into a cafe or a restaurant the next time, have a look at how many little objects there are, cups, knives, plates, tables, chairs, all the utensils. There's thousands of utensils in the kitchen, the equipment, the literally like you need to decide on everything It's and source it all as well. So there's so much effort that just goes into it. It's a point where like you're going home and you, your brain is just like you had to literally make 150 decisions that day, mm-hmm. every day for the course of those four months. And then you get in there, you start fitting out and then – Obviously, we did it ourselves and we were all involved in the process. Um, that's hard. And then you're at the point where like money's run out, you need to open and then you've got to open. So there's no break in between. It's mm. a year's, almost a year's process, you know, six months or seven months, nine months, whatever it is. And then it's just open the doors. And then for another six months after opening, you can't go anywhere because you really need to establish it before you can kind of start stepping away. Mm. Now, when you guys did open, I know, yeah. Rob, you were telling me what happened yeah. when it first opened. So can you share? Yeah. So what I was saying before was, I don't know how we kind of got to a stage. There was a big hype around us opening, but from day one was full kind of a thing. And there was lines out the door and and I don't think we anticipated it and we weren't ready for it. Mm. We were ready. Like we, we, we did everything we could in the sense of like what you think you need to do. But once you actually open, you're like, yeah, this is a different ball game, especially because it wasn't a period of being able to ease into it. It was like, okay, we just did 800 people in one day and let's do it all again for the next six days. <laughs> so that was hard um, because you didn't have a time to kind of just relax and go well, like and appreciate it. It was... Yeah. Just a constant slog. Oh, yeah. And I remember at the end of the first week, um, it came to Sunday and 
it was the end of that day. The whole week was a blur and I just looked at the guys and I go, guys, we're closing on Mondays from now on. (laughs) And they kind of looked at me and I think they could see, like we were all fatigued, we were all tired. It was just beyond the point of exhaustion. But I think they just saw it in my eyes. Like, they're like, yep, no worries. We're closing on Mondays. (laughs) And what was your experience like then? Um, Pretty much the same. It's pretty traumatic, to be honest with you. Um, Oh, did you? Oh, you do. Um, Again, like the whole building process, anyone that's built anything understands how stressful it is and you're working on deadlines. And once one subcontractor doesn't turn up and then it puts everything out. And it's just honestly- So how do you deal with that? We're lucky lucky that there was three of us. Like if we could see one of us, I think going to the point where I'm about to break. Can you take over? <laughs> Today? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. That, happened, that happens a lot because while one person's here managing the site, the other person's out collecting all different, you know, supplies and choosing furniture and equipment. It's just, it's mental. It's really hard. And, you know, every day is super draining. Mm-hmm. And I think you're just dying for this build period to, to be over with so you can open up the shop. And then when you open up the shop, it's like a whole nother beast in itself and a whole new round of stresses and anxieties come through and just, again, fires to put out. And I think the hardest thing for us was as well, which a lesson we learned on the second shop that we opened, was we opened up and we were grinding in the business, working, slogging it out. So we didn't get to open as an owner, stepping back, letting things happen, being there to fail fast and solve things from a from a distance because mm. we had the time to do that, we were in here. So we were literally fixing all the problems after hours. So we, you know, we were here until, you know, midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning when we close the door, it's doors at 4 p.m. because that's how long it was taking to fix all the problems. And then we're back here at 6.30 a.m. And that was literally like that for a month, right? We are doing 100 hours a week for a month. And then it kind of started becoming less and less. Rob did more hours for a lot longer because what we do now, you know, we probably, we launched extremely hard. So probably similar turnover to what we're doing now. But now how many chefs do we have? Probably six, seven, six or seven. Then we only had three. So you can imagine what they were doing. They were during service the whole day. Yeah, three including Rob and then prepping at night. Whereas now we have people prepping throughout the whole day while the people on service. These guys were absolutely killing it, slogging it out every single day. And that becomes hard, you know. It's like when people have a baby and then no one's sleeping and you're tired, you're stressed, and then people are snapping at each other and they're angry and it's like no one's in the right state of mind. Mm. It's literally like having a baby for the first, you know, first week. And it's you're trying to you're trying to stay happy and you know, it's hard for both people in the back of house. I'll let Rob speak on that. But for me at the front, I have to have a happy face on. I have to be giving people the best service they've ever had because they can tell if I'm off. And then even if I'm off, the rest of the 20 staff out the front are off. Everyone's anxious and everyone's scared. No one's happy. And then it's this ripple effect of the energy and the aura of the shop is off. And people feel that whether you believe in that or not. Definitely. Um, So that just makes it, you know, even, even harder. When you're tired, fatigued, I mean, 
good luck. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And the concentration that these guys need in the kitchen, like I can't do that. There's no way in the world I yeah. could do that. It's like dock it, dock it, dock it, dock it, dock it, and it's like I get lost, honestly. Like yeah. I don't, I don't know how you it's do it. It's not, it's not a quiet venue. We've no, hundreds upon hundreds of people each day. So it's yeah, it's tough. So but, for you, Rob, being in the back of house, what were some initial challenges that you had to encounter, and how did you get over them? I think it was just um, because we launched so hard, um, just being able to keep up with that was a massive thing. And then obviously as more staff came on, you train them up, it kind of gets easier and easier. But just just that initial three months, I'd say, was extremely tough. I think we've actually discussed it before, myself and Dan, and we both had this thought in our heads when we did it, when we actually launched out of the building phase and into the actual launching phase, we both just had this thought in our heads of like, I can't walk away from this. This is not a job that I can walk away from. Like, it's your business. You cannot just say like, I can't deal with this. Guys, hand it over and, and you take care of it. It was, you have a ball and chain and you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Step up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's like, it forces you to do things that you didn't think you could do, right? Mm. Yeah. So a lot of pressure on both of you to do something of this scale what were the customers did you see their faces um during that period of time during the opening phase yeah yeah um it's it's pretty it's pretty funny how like rob touched on it before that you don't get to take it all in Mm. um when we first when we were building the shop i actually remember sitting in that corner there and i looked out I had my hands on my hips and I was kind of like just visioning, I was daydreaming of this, this whole area being full and there's like a line of people outside, right? And that's literally what happened from the beginning. But we're so embedded and working so hard and so stressed, I couldn't take that in. And it wasn't until after a month or two, I remember sitting in the exact, standing in the exact same position, hands on my hips and I was like, man, I'm so tired from this day. And I just looked out and I just saw all these people in a line sitting down music's loud they're having the time of their life everyone's got smiles on their face and i was first time i was actually able to take it all in and i was like this is amazing we've created this and people it's it's a funny concept you know hospitality that you create something from a seed that's in your mind and then you build it and it's tangible and then people out of their own reality come to spend time here and that's happening and it was first time i was able to take it in that's truly where I, I was grateful for everything that had happened leading up to this moment um and that's probably another way to you know that's helped me get through tough times is start practicing a bit of gratefulness you know me and my fiance have a thing at the end of the night when we have dinner together we ask each other what well, three things you're grateful for just little things they don't need to be anything big just anything that you're grateful for in this present moment and they just shift your mindset from anything that's going wrong mm to you know things that are really great in your life that's good and how about for you rob when was the time where you were able to sort of take it all in and appreciate everything that you both had built and all the hard work i think it took a little bit longer for myself but one thing that resonates for me from the beginning was or that a moment that i remember we had um as we're trying to look for stuff because we kind of obviously needed them someone came in for a trial, a chef, and 
throughout the shift, he just kind of looked at me, he goes, wow, like, it must have taken you guys such a long time to build this reputation. What an amazing place. So congratulations. And he asked, how long have you been open? Like I said to him, four weeks. <laughs> and he just looked at me and he had had businesses before. And he just said, that's, that's amazing. You should be so proud. And I kind of looked out as well, as, as Dan said, and looked at all the people and I said, you know what? Like, mm. I'm really, I really am happy. I really am happy. Mm, and then it was just about in my mind I thought at that moment just about maintaining this how do we keep this going yeah how do we not let this die and it hasn't really died has it no there's obviously been there's ebbs and flows and there's heaps of factors in hospitality that affect that Mm. but I think it's our job as operators to find ways to keep it exciting for the customers to make sure they come back what are those reasons they do come back and for us to find them out, pinpoint them and kind of use them. Mm. So you've got a very different model to other cafes. Are you able to sort of talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I think um, what we do front of house and back of house, different to most places, is that we are under the belief that you've got to evolve and change and keep mm. things fresh for, for people. Um, and, you know, we, we always find new ways to do things out the front here. Um, even like little things, changing the flowers on a weekly basis or, or regularly or changing something in the shop that people walk in and they notice it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously down to our offering um, from drinks to food to coffee, we're always alternating and changing. Like we'll do the staples that we keep on, but... Each season, we change up the menu. Each week, almost every week, we do specials, you know what I mean? So we want people to, and we have quite a large menu as it is at the moment for an all-day kind of cafe brunch menu. But just keeping people excited, um, it's it's a great thing, right? That's that's why they keep coming back with that and consistency and obviously the great service. And I got the taste just before... The, I think it was a prawn poke bowl. It was insane. Yeah. Unbelievable flavor and taste. What's the secret, man? Like, can you? So when we, when I obviously start trialing a dish, there's a thought process to it. You get the ideas. Um, and when you establish in your head what you want to do, then you've got to execute on it. And it's just a matter of, trial and error you try it taste it and we from day one me and dan we've kind of we've made this pact that we would never put anything or offer anything to the clients that we weren't a hundred percent sure was amazing mm-hmm. um we wouldn't do things half-assed unless we both agreed and we, we don't always agree but we mm-hmm. we come to a compromise you know of this being an amazing product yes we can present this to the customer i don't care if it's a special if it's going on the menu it needs to be great um we made that pact and you know that's good you go back to it you do up the dish and you got to make sure it's 100 percent perfect and then obviously replicating that um setting your procedures so that it comes out the same every single time is really important mm. what's your what's your been what's been your most popular dish to date um morning glory the morning glory <laughs> what's that <laughs> Who picked that name? (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
So it's like our, you know, as we discussed before, we wanted to do things that were a little bit different. Um, we found that medium of, you know, we always, I come from a fine dining background, so cafe scenes had never been my thing. Um, but we wanted to find that middle ground was between cafe culture feel with elements of like a, a cool, funky, semi-fine dining restaurant. So um, we found a middle ground of, you know, some part of the menu will be those old staples that we've kind of changed and tweaked to make cooler and more modern. And then the rest of it's been brought in, it's kind of new. So yeah, I think feel like we have a, a good mix that really works for mm. us, yeah. That's good. Um, everyone listening, get down to Blackwood Pantry because I guarantee you the food is something else. Like I've been to quite a few cafes just going around the place like, and my goodness, like the flavor, my taste buds are still like excited. Like that's when you know, like you've been to a good cafe Yeah, is your taste buds, you know, you're still jumping around like all happy. <laughs> happy taste <laughs> like, buds. Happy days. Um, so thanks man, like for that. Um, Pleasure. Now, what are some things that drives you? Like, what were some things that gets you up in the morning to keep coming here? Um, uh, two different things. Okay. Some things that drive me mm. would definitely be getting outside my comfort zone as much as I can um, and growing. Yeah. And, that's in all aspects of my life, whether it's in career or my relationship, um, my personal life, my mental, my mental state, just anything. I'm always trying to get outside my comfort zone. So, <clears throat> you know, I have, I have a couple other businesses that I'm trying to build at the moment um, in the tech space. And that's just because for the last couple of years, we haven't been in a position to be able to open up another store store and not because we haven't been in a position but we haven't found something you know what i mean so right now we're we're close to a new site <clears throat> and that gives new drive again you know like mm -hmm. i think we find drive in um coming up with an idea and executing on it building it making sure it runs well and then because after a time like hospitality gets pretty pretty repetitive um and it gets, it doesn't get hard, but like any job, it gets repetitive and it gets harder and harder to turn up to work every day if it's the same thing. Um, so, you know, it's that idea of creating something new and building it that really, I would say, drives me to get up every day. Do you ever get sick of it? I have to be honest, yes. Mm. Yeah, I'd be, I think anyone would be lying if they said no. So what pushes you forward to get over that, you think? <clears throat> again i would have to say the idea of opening a new a new venue and at the same time sometimes we just get sick of you just need a break yeah take the weekend take a week go on a little mini vacation just go refresh because if i think once you have a clear mind you can come back ready to go and i think if you're taking those little mini breaks and you're coming back still flat and you don't want to be here, then that's a concern. But I haven't experienced that that yet. Mm. I get super, super over it. And I'm like, man, I need a holiday from this. And again, it just makes you, makes you a better partner. Um, 
business partner and partner at home and as well makes you a better boss to your your workers mm. and really that's the most important thing is being a great being a great leader to people that work under you right so that's another good segue leadership so as the leaders of blackwood pantry how do you motivate how do you excite your staff members to keep coming into work every day and doing the kind of job that they're doing and what is your definition of leadership yeah good question um it's amazing because rob and i have both very different personalities and probably different ways of doing that and again because the personalities of front of house staff are very different to personalities of back of house staff Mm. um and i couldn't i I know i couldn't lead a, a kitchen of chefs um but out the front, you know, it's we're we're pretty huge on the hiring process, and I want I always make sure that I'm hiring people that have the same values as myself and Rob and as Blackwood as a business. And you know, I like to hire on humility, hunger, and smart. I mean, people smart, emotional intelligence. Um, and within that, I feel like if I'm hiring someone that has all those traits, they'll they'll definitely get along with the people that work here. Mm. Um, I don't hire on resumes or skill sets. I only hire on character, full stop. That's good. I believe I can train anyone to mm. do the job here. We're not rocket scientists. We're literally giving people great service and there's a method to it, but it's more about the character and it's a very personal business, right? So mm. people aren't people's people. I don't think they should be in customer service at all. Um, so that's, you know, that's the hiring process. Um, I genuinely believe that I genuinely believe that I'm friends with everyone that works here. Um, you know, every single person when they come in, whether it's a whether it's a guy, we all shake hands and we hug, and all the girls, I I hug them, and it's like it's just like this this warm. It's a family, it's a family. and it's just yeah. not just me doing that with the workers. They all do it together, and now the workers come into Blackwood on the days off just to see each other, have coffee, sit down, even have breakfast, mm. and that's when. I know that we've created something pretty cool within the culture when people are coming in on their days off mm. and the girls are all, and the guys are all getting together outside of Blackwood to hang out and spend time. It's, that's probably, I invest a lot of my time into the culture and my relationships with the staff. That's good, man. Yeah. How about for you, Rob? Yeah, I think we're um, just going off that. I think that, because of that culture and because of what this venue is and what it offers, um, but back in front of house, people genuinely want to come to work here. Um, and it's not about them just coming to work here. It's about them continually staying on. Generally mm. in hospitality, it's like a six to one year cycle where you, sometimes you can push it up, but six months to one year when people kind of start thinking about leaving. Um, whereas for us, we want those people staying like 18 months plus um, and how do we do that? Obviously, through the culture, through, I think, um, the venue itself, that it's busy, really enticing. They're not bored when they're here. Yeah. Um, the offering for them to be, and it's for front and house both, they're proud to, you know, the chefs are proud to put up something that they look at and go, I genuinely learn a lot from this, uh, and I'm proud of putting this up. And then the waiters and people front of house putting it down in the front of the customer and, and not yes, being ashamed, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Them to put that down and be like, I know that this tastes good. I know that this looks good and I know this is good. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and they're happy to put it down and they know that that reaction from the customer is going to be positive. Obviously, there's always, there might be some negative stuff that they need to deal with, but, you know, 99.9% of the time, it's positive. And for them to be in that environment where the environment, the relationship between all the workers is great and great feedback from customers and the positive vibe, like who doesn't want to come to work and be in that environment? So, um, yeah, and then the last thing probably would be um, that they come, we've built a solid base in terms of systems and something for them to follow, right? They're not guessing all the time. Obviously, we always encourage staff to have their input in the way we do things. If you can, you feel as though you can better it or improve it, come mm-hmm. to us and let us know and discuss it. And then we can maybe change one of our systems. But they've got a strong base to work off. You know, they don't have to be worried that they're not doing things wrong or wrong or right. It's follow the procedures. They're, they're pretty. They're pretty tight. That's so good, <laughs> like it seems to be this trend that I've noticed with where I've been interviewing certain cafe owners and business people in general, they always want to create this positive culture. It's like that positive family environment because that uplifts everyone. And if they can create that, then it feels like they've succeeded in in their business at the same time. So it's pretty amazing, like the things that you've been able to achieve. And how long has Blackwood been open for? Four and a half years. Just yeah. over four years now, yeah. So, I mean, that in a, in a four-year period. My body's telling me about 10. <laughs> <laughs> from all the stress and the trauma um, from opening it. But, no, I'm, I mean, seriously, like, what you guys have been able to do is pretty amazing. Thank you. Know, you. Especially, like, Thank you very much. You've been able to. Has it been consistent growth with customers consistently returning? Yeah, it has. Yeah, so something like that, like if you, if you tell yourself that, that in of itself is, that tells me that something's different about this place. Yeah. You know, like that's pretty damn incredible. So good on you both for whatever you're doing. You're doing a great job at it. And this is my first time being here. I've been trying to get like this interview for quite some time now, but it's definitely worth hearing this story. But I ne- had no idea any of this and it's it blows you away honestly like i'm i'm lost for words that that's that's good like so moving moving a little bit towards the end because i am mindful of your time um what is the most memorable experience that you've had in this place now it might be you might have to dig a little bit further back I'll, I'll go first. You go first. I think for myself and I just touching off what I was saying before about systems and procedures, I think any business operator that opens up a business has this goal of it being able to function without you mm-hmm. and for you to be there to monitor and oversee. So um, probably the most memorable moment for myself was me being able to step out of the business to open another business that we um, – had launched probably about two years ago um, and for the the wheels to keep turning. Um, and that's that just reinforces for us that what we're doing is right for us to be able to open multiple stores because you can't be everywhere at once. No. And even though, you know, we've created these great systems and procedures and all that kind of stuff, we still have our fingers on the pulse 
but how do we have our fingers still on the pulse in six venues? Um, so there has to be certain ways to do that. And yeah, for me, being able to step away and do the second shop and kind of set it up again was was that moment for me. Mm. Yeah. How about for yourself, Dan? <laughs> Rob's very good at systems and procedures. <laughs> my, my probably most memorable moment was, I remember in the beginning, I was like a little kid. And I think it was the first weekend that we had opened and there was this huge line. And there's this wall across the road. And I remember running over, standing on top of this wall and everyone looked at me thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? I literally started videotaping like the whole shop and going down the line. I was taking photos of it and it was just so, such a proud moment. Um, and, you know, it was right, it was raw right in the beginning. It's, um, yeah, it's probably the most memorable. How did that make you feel in that moment? Like, amazing. You know, yeah. it's, you can't even describe how you feel in that moment. It, it literally makes all the hard work, all the heartache, all the trauma worth it and I think anytime you step outside your comfort zone and you really push yourself beyond your boundaries you you end up at this place no matter what the result is you end up at this place and you're like wow I've just gone through all of this this is where the journey is taking me look what look what's happened you know like it's I've it's it's amazing and whether the, the result is I don't like to see things as negative or positive because if there has been loss. There's a shitload of growth and learning that's come from that. And you can end up at a place when you realize that you're like, wow, look at all, look at everything I've gone through. I'm so grateful for that journey. And if it's a win, it's a bonus. It's even better. Um, and that, luckily that it was a win and it was, yeah, great moment. That's good guys. Um, now my last two questions, and I feel like I'm going to get a bit sport with this because Usually I ask one person this, not two. Um, three bits of advice that you could give someone that is starting out, that is currently in business and struggling a little bit or just needing a bit of a boost in their life. Who wants to go first? Okay. <laughs> a little bit of advice. Um, I think... I actually believe business, and especially this industry, it's hard, yes. It takes a lot of hard work, but there is a certain formula to business. And I think it's, it's pretty blanket across most of them. And if you can understand that and spend your time learning that and executing that, I think you're at such an advantage over everybody else. And I think not, not everybody is blessed enough to have money to be able to spend on really good branding designers or interior designers or certain staff members. But if you can become an expert within that aspect of business yourself and do it well, you're at an advantage. I think a lot of people try and take a lot of shortcuts and I think that's where people come undone. Take the time, spend the money, get the knowledge to understand your branding and your product to market fit and make sure, you know, your culture for me is the most important thing in business, you know, especially when you have employees. 
I think your employees will do the job for you mm. um, better than you ever can if you have multiple of them. Um, yeah, and I think any advice for anyone that's feeling down, I think get out there, start exercising, eating better foods, grounding, just doing more things for yourself. Mm. And just, you know, I think when you're connected to yourself, I think everything holistically becomes a lot easier and your mindset becomes clearer. It flows. It flows, exactly. Yeah. And once you're in that flow state, anything's possible. Mm. Yeah. Good advice. How about for you, Rob? Um, one. Any, any advice on cooking? <laughs> <laughs> for the chefs out there, yep. don't take it so don't seriously. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a general to, to all business owners, I think... Um, as Dan said, do not take shortcuts because whatever you invest in the beginning is going to pay you back tenfold. So yep. um, invest wisely, but but don't take shortcuts just because you think it's going to save you a bit here or there. Do things right from the beginning. Mm. Um, take care of yourself both physically and mentally because that's going to allow you to push 10 times harder as well yep. and, and much stronger. Um, and be the person, be the owner that you're meant to be for your staff. Mm. Um, and lastly position yourself so you're able to look at your business from the outside in so quickly establish what you need to establish to make sure it runs um, the way you want it to run but you're not having to micromanage and be hands-on at all times for it to succeed so you really want to be able to 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 manage it you know from the outside in Mm. yeah all good pieces of advice, honestly. Yeah. And just on that, actually, a really good book for people to read would be The E-Myth. The E-Myth? Yeah. Okay. Really, really good Who's book. Who's it by? It's a great question. Uh, great question. <laughs> but essentially, it's actually been a while now since I've read it. But it, as a small business owner, we try and do everything that we can ourselves. We try and wear every single hat. Mm. And he explains that we can't. There's... There's three different people in business and it doesn't matter what you are within your business, you, you can't be all three. And to be honest, you have to be one and you have to own whatever it is. Mm. And there's the technician, which is the worker, there's the skilled worker, there's the manager, which can manage the workers, and then there's the entrepreneur, the visionary, mm. which needs to lead the way. It is, I know in the startup business in the beginning, you, you, you literally have to do all three, but then you get to a stage where you have to be one or the other yeah. and you have to employ somebody else to be one or the other. Otherwise, you won't, you won't ever grow and you'll, you'll burn out while sure. business will go down. You know, you've got to, like you said, pass it on. I mean... Teamwork makes a dream work, right? Exactly. Yeah, as the old saying goes. Exactly. Well so, said. Yeah. Um, and what's next for you guys? Uh, expansion. Mm. Expansion. So, I think we, in the beginning, we had this vision of like 100 stores. So, Whoa. Yes. <laughs> I think for what we do now, with the model that we have now, um, it'll be more, you know, three four five stores not saying that we can't do it but um something that's more systematic quick and more scalable obviously for that hundred stores would would need to be 
implemented there. So be better than Maccas. <laughs> what a great! It's a good model. It's, it's a great yeah. model. And you've seen the movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I have the founder. That, yeah. I'm that I'm that guy that tries to draw the the kitchen and stuff, good. the layout on the yeah. tennis ball court. <laughs> it has to flow right. <laughs> I love so it. True. It has to yeah. flow right. So true. Oh it's boy. Well, I have so many more questions I could ask you both regarding business, personal life and all that. But I think that's a good way to sort of segue into the end. So I really do appreciate, Dan, your advice and pretty much your wisdom. And same for you, Rob, as well. You've both given tremendous insight into the business world of running a cafe, hospitality, not just that, but, you know, giving people inspiration i think like i'm inspired now to continue doing what i'm doing um so it's really appreciative um from my end and so thank you for coming on the story box and sharing your stories thank you for having us thank you so much no worries i don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another incredible story i just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today it is my prayer that you would have felt inspired motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.